Good morning, and let us continue our devotional this morning in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 11, verse 27 to 30. Now, in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. One of the beautiful traits among the Christians, the early Christians, was that they were helping one another. They helped the needy. In the beginning years of the church, the Holy Spirit moved mightily to give insight and truth to the church leaders so that it is recorded in the book of 1 Corinthians, particularly in chapter 12, verse 28, that there were many who have the gifts of prophecy. We still feel the Spirit's leading today, perhaps to support a church in need, but with the completion of the Bible, the gift of prophecy is no longer needed. It seems to us that it's not so much emphasized anymore later. Here, during the progress of the work of God, the gospel ministry in the book of Acts, there were also some improvement in the kingdom or in the Greek empire or in the Roman empire. There were many infrastructures and roads that were built. So transport was improved so that more believers were able to travel anywhere. And even prophets are traveling to different places. At the time when Luke wrote this and described this time, the church was not even 15 years old, yet it had already spread 300 miles from Jerusalem. In other words, the gospel became viral this time. It spread like wildfire. Now, there was one prophet named Agabus, and this is the first and the only time you can read his name here. He stood up and foretold because he was led by the Spirit. And he said that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius, the Roman emperor. There was a historian by the name of Josephus who had affirmed that this famine really was real. And it hit Rome and Greece and Egypt and Judea from the years AD 45 to 48. This matched the time or the timeline as the death of Herod Agrippa I, which occurred in AD 44. And this story or narrative is found in Acts chapter 12, verse 20 to 23. So this famine is a historical event, historical fact proven by history. So when the believers, particularly the believers in, in Europe, knew that there was a famine in Judea, these disciples were determined. So all the believers were determined, every one of them according to their own abilities to really send help or relief to the brothers living in Judea because of the famine. Imagine how many years, three or four years of famine. So really need help. 
there was an affinity among the believers that we can see here, even when they were separated hundreds of miles apart. Distance cannot really remove this mutual affinity. When in fact, Jesus said in John 13, verse 35, that the mutual love among the brethren, among the believers, is the trademark of his being, of their being a follower. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. And even Paul, is, he wrote in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, he encouraged there by saying, let us do good to everyone, especially to the household of faith. As the saying goes, people will not care to know what we know unless they know that we care. If people can see that we are really authentic and genuine in the way we treat and help and love each other, they will confirm that indeed we are true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the testimony that they are looking, especially today when there are so many groups and institutions who claim that they are Christians, but they cannot really see that they walk their talk. It's all about talk, then there's no such thing as actions in obeying the commands of God to love one another. So they gathered the financial help and they sent their help through the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And it's important because Barnabas and Saul might have been excited to to, to do this ministry, remember Barnabas, he should be very comfortable with his plan because he was one of the first converts in Jerusalem who sold his property in order to provide for the travel, travelers who stayed to learn from the apostles in Acts chapter 4, verse 36 to 37. So Barnabas was true to his name as the son of consolation or encouragement. He should be very happy to do this ministry. On the other hand, Saul also should, took, should have uh, taken this idea to heart also because throughout his ministry as recorded, Paul, whether there was a famine or no famine, he has been exhorting in the churches in Europe to remember the legitimate needs of leaders in Jerusalem by supporting them financially. He wrote this in his epistle to the Romans, First Corinthians, and even to in Second Corinthians, he repeatedly encouraged his churches to support the churches who are in need in Judea. He even said that if we if we benefited the gospel from the Jews, because the oracles of God, the revelation of God, was first revealed or given to the Jews, now. We can mutually bless them also by giving help to them in times of need. But one important principle we can learn here in these realities of the first church, there was a need, there was a famine, and they helped each other, is this principle. Information is inspiration. When believers were informed about the need, they were inspired to give. Having been informed of the need, they were inspired to help the needy. This is 
true love in action. As Paul said in Acts chapter 20, our slogan should be, it is better to give than to receive. Is it not? Because giving to help the needy, it implies that we are really blessed. We cannot give what we don't have, could we? Could we give something which we don't have? So we can only give because we have been blessed. So if we see the need of others, are we inspired to really be a part in order to be a blessing? Let's war be warned by what the Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Well, in practical terms, we cannot help everyone, but we can help someone. We cannot solve all the problems in this world, but we can be of help to somebody whom God has placed in our path for us to help. Let us be a blessing. Let us be a channel of blessing. It's better for us to give than to receive. We are so blessed in order to bless others. May, as we receive the gospel, we also become instruments or conduits of the gospel message towards others. That's the best blessing. That's the best gift. That's the best message that we can give to other people, the message of the gospel, because it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have reminded us, Lord, of this important mutual love and concern that the churches in the past had expressed, Lord. Help us to be like them. Help us to be the actors for today that will not only be good in proclaiming the gospel verbally through the, our message by our words, but also in the way we deal with people who are in need, Lord, in our talk and also in our walk. I pray to Father that you'll impress this truth in our hearts. Perhaps you will use us, Lord, today to be a blessing to somebody in need. Lord, make us a blessing today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.